And welcome to the latest episode of All Elite Geekly. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by the person who will not be playing Kill the Suicide or Kill the Justice League Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League. I uh, dude, I don't know what I'm saying. It's a weird day. We've had technical issues. We've had electricity issues. We've had so many issues, personal issues. <sighs> Well, not between us. <laughs> Dax, how's it going? Here. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Um, yes. We got some issues. Both not mental between us. Not professional. Okay. Let me get you. Let, like, hey, I love the fact that we're just continuing the conversation. Let me get to that David Duchovny fact. So I was just perusing randomly reviewing facebook as one does and mm -hmm. you know how facebook lately at least here in canada because here in canada uh the news isn't allowed to be posted on facebook or so, any social media because there's yeah reasons right okay yeah. so lately the algorithm is just posting random posts on your feed so yesterday mm -hmm. as i'm reviewing facebook this is like yesterday evening as I'm going to this arcade bar. And I notice this post. And it basically said, David Duchovny, I cannot take him serious because my mother told me a story that she, he was her TA. And all he did was try to fuck all the students. He was a teacher's assistant. Yeah. Who was just trying to get okay. So he, as we're I, as we're talking about red shoe diaries and California. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like Was he Was he acting? Was he Was he researching? What the hell was going on here? I don't know. Like to me this timeline is very Wait, was weird. Was this high school or college? College. <laughs> okay. At at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, here we go again. Another scandal. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I had no idea. Is this like, I, I need to do my research on this. Was he a TA? You never know. Like, you know, people's backgrounds. We go a long way before we get to where we got to go. <laughs> How do you spell the And damn it, if he was a teacher's Christ. assistant and got a lot of his, um, you know, his influence for true diaries and Californication, then damn it. <laughs> Dude, you know, honestly, for me, David Duchovny, I can't, he, Twin Peaks, you know, playing a, a, a woman. Like, That's right. He was on there too, wasn't he? You know, what's funny, yeah. you know, that era, because we were teens back then, at least I, I mean. was, um, <laughs> I was, I, I was, I was a teen with my own cable box in my room, mind you. <laughs> With the ability to watch Showtime at that time of the night in HBO, 
and watching that and dream on and oh my god like yeah. i grew up too early <laughs> i take it back like i'm sorry for like typecasting or whatever david the company if you're listening to this i apologize <laughs> He played university basketball in Princeton. He earned a Master of Arts in English Literature from Yale University and subsequently began work on a PhD that remains unfinished. So nothing of a teacher's aid. You know, considering that he did his master's and began work on a PhD, I can see they that story being legit. Right? Like, it's possible. Chances yeah, I mean, are. He has to, chances he's got a, are. He was right. a TA. Right. He has to be like shadowed. You know, yeah. he was probably shadowing somebody. Yep. You had, you know, a lot of times when you do become a teacher, you have to be a teacher's aide and then leads into that, I believe. Yeah, that's what I mean. I could yeah. be wrong. Yep. Yeah. There, there might be some truth to that. The title of his uncompleted doctoral thesis is Magic and Technology in Contemporary Fiction and Poetry. Sounds like the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, basically, you're talking, you're talking Asgardian, and you're talking to, uh, Stark at this yep. point. Yep. Boy, we are starting off in a <laughs> really weird situation. Californication <laughs> was such a good show until the last few seasons. That show had a perfect ending, and then they brought it back. Hmm. Mm. I haven't watched all of it, so I haven't like finished off on it. Like, um, like wait, I th- I think rather that was the time I cut the cord the first time with that, so I never even finished. Yeah, and I all think- this talking about California vacation really sounds really bad. <laughs> it was good when I was when I was watching it. Yeah, I wa- I was watching it as it came out. So on Sundays, my friends and I we would all get together and I, I i like dude i have an open door policy like i just love hosting talking to people and uh, mm-hmm. whatever right so like on sundays we dubbed it bloody sundays uh like uh bloody sunday monday anyway yeah we would always have barbecues we would always have people over and the tradition was we would watch true lies mm. uh tr- sorry true blood and then California I was about to say that right sounded after. like what true lies. Trust me, <laughs> this one. Oh, anyways, that's a story. True. No, you talk day. about you talk about a show that like was hot when it, in the first few seasons and then that's fell what I off. Mean. That's what I mean. True yeah. Blood was awesome when it first came on, and then like what was it, season three or four when he started adding in the uh, werewolves? Three, four. Yep. When Joe Maganello came in and he started, yeah, I was like when they started adding way too many other when it became you know, Twilight. When it became Twilight. Yes, it was like you over you oversaturated the experience. Like it was subtle, just being the actual you know vampires trying to coexist with humans and all this stuff. And then you just took like they were like pixies and all. I'm like it just got too much. Aaron Page was amazing in that show. FYI, yeah, I don't even know. Her. Well, was, I don't even whole- know her real name. <laughs> what is her real name? The entire cast was just dope. Aaron. Page, it's funny. It shows up. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, <laughs> she's so hot. <laughs> God, Deborah Ann Wall. That's it. Oh God yeah. Bless you. 
1985. Well, I still, I still enjoy that more than I enjoyed uh, Game of Thrones, though. Really? I mean, Game of Thrones was good. I'm not really the biggest medieval type of guy. Like, that's you know, not my favorite genre. But Game of Thrones was dope, especially during the you know King Joffrey seasons and all that stuff. Let me tell you, that was that was a time. You know what? That was a time. Both of those shows was a time when it was really great to be on social media. Oh yeah, that it was so good because we were the, all enjoying the these things together. The height of social media. It, I think, yeah, I think that was the like the peak of what, uh, the positivity of social media at the time. Like that was also the time when, because I remember when I first started, how Talk Time Live even came about was because I on my on my former Facebook group that is now defunct and hacked. Um, we we came up with a uh, well, basically we were talking about you know Game of Thrones. Then somebody spoiled the Game of Thrones situation with Joffrey, and people were pissed. So I was up to me because I was the admin to come up with an idea to do it, and I came up with a spoiler zone post that when these shows come on and movies come out, that they only that we all live you know, do a live thread like we normally do with um, the pay-per-view gr- uh, groups and all this stuff on, on uh Sunday night's main event, you know, I had to do it. So there was, you know, to keep people from being spoiled and warn people like, don't read it. Don't read if you didn't watch. So it led to some really awesome conversations and enjoyment and everybody was having a great time and it was a good thing. And then all of a sudden we started doing a podcast in 2015 and we were trying to figure out a name. Um, one of the guys in the group, one of my former, um, you know, co-hosts in the group is like, why don't you just name it after uh, talk time? And I was like, just, it just put live on it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that works. <laughs> and talk time live became from that. So then we, you know, just kind of transitioned the talk time brand. Cause I did the logo and everything for it from that point. And I used, it wasn't just a normal, like spoilers on post. I actually, I would do my designing due diligence to make it look you know, extra quality and all the stuff and really make it look like an epic, you know, go-to type of thing. So it really gave a different presence that we had from no, from other, you know, Facebook groups that we had, but it was a lot of fun um, doing that. And I miss that so much today because it is like with everything that's going on and, you know, the world and how toxic everything has become, I, I don't, I wish we could go back to that time where people just want to enjoy these fandoms and not just, you know, utilize, you know, the platforms just to displace their anger on it or just try to, you know, rain on somebody's parade because they like something or whatnot. I miss that days. Can we get back to those days? Because and I, I even if some some cynical people will say no, I it's it's choice. It is all choice. It is not like, you know. It's not about like it's destined is obligated. No, you have a choice to be a little bit more positive on a scene, allow people to enjoy what they love and enjoy what you love. You don't have to comment on things that you don't like, you know, stuff like that. Amen. Amen to that. Honestly, like you just don't like nothing gets to me more than someone shitting on your fandoms. Why do you feel the need to want to jump onto somebody, some platform based off of something that you don't want? And then on top of that, there's even more. Why are you going to try to lie to say that you've actually invested in that when you clearly probably have not? And there's a lot of people who do that. They go in just to really throw in some shade on something that they didn't really invest in. The Marvels was a big 
big example of this. People who went to go see that movie enjoyed the movie. Didn't say it was the greatest of all time. It didn't say it was in game. We just said that we enjoyed it. There are people who came in and said God they did. Did you enjoy something? God forbid. Right. right. So I mean, just it, but here's the other thing that people don't understand, and only a few pe- fewer people understand in this aspect. A lot of what people do isn't healthy. A lot of what you're doing is from a therapeutic or psychological standpoint is very bad. Those actions, the the stuff that you're doing is not mentally helping you. Yep. Yeah. You're throwing it, it's like when it's like bullies itself. When bullies come in and, and, and antagonize somebody, they're not really hurting just you. They're hurting themselves from and, and putting it's it's virtual. It literally is virtual bullying to a lot of extent. Um, but in the hindsight, why can't they see that they're hurting and they're refusing yep. to acknowledge that they're hurting? Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how we got there from David Duchovny, but here we are. <laughs> I don't either, but thank you, David Duchovny. <laughs> thank you. Honest, no, honestly, that needs to be said every few days. I, yes. Yeah. Because be you said. know what the deal is? You know what's funny? You because know, like when I was yeah. in university, like mm-hmm. – uh, not university, like high school, I should say, high school, yeah. university, that era of my life, I mm-hmm. stopped doing geeky stuff because I it got shat on so much, right? Yeah, and like shit on this show, all you want, right? Big Bang Theory. That's the mm-hmm. show that made it acceptable to be a geek again. Well, here's the thing. That time when that show came out, and you know, honestly, I'm sorry. I gotta, we gotta go back to Seinfeld. I think it was Seinfeld who actually started the idea of actually having conversations about comic books because before any other show, he was the first one, and him and George would be at the diner talking about like who's better, do what. And I'm like, I've never. They made it feel like a comfortable Lois thing. Now, they I think Big Bang gets credit for like taking it, taking that baton and going further with it. Uh, but it was at a time when the geek era became trendy. Yeah. And you know who screwed up the geek era? Uh, the, the the geek fashion era? Geeks. <laughs> they got so high and mighty and superior about it. And it's like, y'all missing the whole point. Y'all going to screw this right up. You're just the finally y'all got to y'all get an acknowledgement. And y'all done screwed it up. <laughs> like tribalism. And... <laughs> I'm like y'all had one opportunity. It was, this was like a pinky now, now a I feel like we're gonna start an Eminem song or something. <laughs> <laughs> you had one shot. But no, <laughs> but yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, it, except maybe like Chappelle spaghetti, spaghetti. No, <laughs> but dude, I remember digress. before memes, all we would do is literally yell Chappelle quotes at each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah, here's the thing too. Back when I was in high school too, like we had to keep that mellow. Like we really are like our comic, like I can tell you, me and my boy Chris, like we were like we were back in the day, like we were tr- we were playing the cool role in high school, but like when we were home, like we were comic booking I mean. it like crazy. That's what I mean. Me and my best friend, we couldn't we, we couldn't really go all out. We we had to subtly <laughs> do it. If like we were around people that we were trust, it's like, we kind of let it out like, all right, you know I, I rocks with X-Men like that. I love that. Because it's like, you're hiding the fact that you're a geek. So it's like, oh, I'm watching porn. No, you're watching right. X-Men. 
Right. <laughs> but at the same time, it was the 90s to some extent. And the 90s was the boom period when Tom McFarlane, Jim Lee, uh, Rob Liefeld, and all those cats were like becoming superstars at what they were doing. So it was kind of cool. This was a time when ECW was getting hot. And this was the time when the Attitude Era was getting hot. And this was when it was kind of cool to do comic books like that. It was a little, it started to be good. Like we saw Jim Rob Lightfield on a Levi's commercial directed by Spike Lee, for God's sake. So true. Easy E acknowledged Rob Lightfield. Speaking of fandoms, Chris Van Vliet messaged me this morning a picture Mm -hmm. of Tori Wilson. And he's like, hey, this is the newest episode I have. It's he, so he messaged me a picture of him and Tori Wilson. Wow. Shit. Still? Holy shit. Still, wow. Have All right. mercy. All right now. Have mercy. <laughs> hey, she is MLB level. Dude. <laughs> Billy Kidman. I think I would have <laughs> sold my soul to be Billy Kidman. You know what's funny? The range of people she's dated. Right? Is amazing. I mean, amazing. And like I did Billy Kidman rebound good with that afterwards? We don't <laughs> let me let me do a search. Hold on. What's going on? That's a here? big oh, rebound right there. Also, as we're I'm perusing through the internet, you can buy Sunday night's main event merchandise. The merch is now available through Chop Tees. Show your support for Sunday night's main event by grabbing a classic tea, ringer tea, long sleeve tea, baseball tea, which I already bought women's tea, sweatshirt or hoodie. Chop Tees utilizes global fulfillment network, meaning that when you buy your favorite SNME radio merch, it'll be printed and shipped from a fulfillment center as close to your address as possible, which not only reduces carbon emissions because we're environmental here, but means your order is delivered super fast, usually under a week. Just check out the estimated delivery indicator on each product page to see how quick you can expect your purchase. And if you live in the U.S., Canada, Australia, U.K., and select EU countries, shipping is completely free. On other sites, you could pay up to $20 uh, to have a T-shirt shipped outside of U.S., but with Chop Tees, shipping is completely free, and if you're in one of these free shipping countries, you'll pay in your local currency, meaning you'll know exactly how much you're paying without extra credit card fees. So, pay no shipping fees, pay no handling fees, pay no international transaction fees, and get most items delivered within a week. Just head over to choptees.com, chopped-tees.com, slash SNME Radio, and support your favorite contributors while getting great value on your purchase. And the best part is, you know what the best part is, Dax? What's the best part? All the brands that they have, wrestling-related, Poison Rana, SNME Radio, Post Wrestling, how much better can that get? Well, so you don't even need to buy an SNME Radio shirt. Support Poison Rana. Support Post Wrestling. Support SNME Radio. That's the beauty of it all. You like how I worked that in? And David Duchovny will thank you for it. <laughs> go on. When you see him, just, well, actually, he'll say you're welcome. Just go over to him and say thank you. He'll understand. Yep. And also, it is February 1st. We are relaunching the patron. Look, it's going to be the same price, but 
there's going to be a few changes in terms of how the feeds work. You're going to see this within the next few weeks. Um, but this is the biggest change of it all if you are a patron. For two months out of the year, you have the opportunity to get a thank you gift. I'm going to leave it at that. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready to kick off 2024, people. Right? It's It's been a year. It's been a year. Oh, Tori Wilson, have mercy. Like, I... <laughs> Can we going to get this show going with you looking at that picture? <laughs> this has really been a sex-themed episode, I must say. I know. We went from... When we, we, we talked talk David Deborah Deborah Enwall. <laughs> well, Deborah Enwall, though, seriously. Like Daredevil. I was just like... <laughs> True Blood. I get it. Both, yeah. How about yeah, yeah. Probably more True Blood than Daredevil. She didn't get that. She didn't do half the stuff she did. <laughs> Her eyes are captivating. Like, hold on. Uh, let me let me bring this up for you. Like, I should say God Award as well, but <laughs> you know she's Kratos' wife. I know, I know. <laughs> like those eyes. Look at those yeah. eyes. I get look it. At, look at look at look at those eyes. Move, move. <laughs> like, <laughs> those eyes. Okay, this is creeping me out now. <laughs> On behalf of Deborah Wall, I'm officially creeped out. With- I wish people could see the shit that I do on- online sometimes. <laughs> Not online. <laughs> no one should see what I do online. <laughs> oh, God. I'm Joe. You know what? This I- is a- This is all only geekly after hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> What was that show that we were talking about that was, oh, uh, Clerks, the Clerks cartoon? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, that show was so was so ahead of its time. And I did, you know, I, I had a chance to interview Brian um, O'Halloran, who plays uh, Dante. And we were talking about how just like that came out way too early for society at the time. Because that was before Adult Swim, if I'm yep. correct. They didn't have shows like that on Cartoon Network at the time. Um, they, actually, they kind of did. They had Space Ghosts and all the Coast to Coast and all that stuff, but they didn't really invest in it. And man, that show. And now we got like Family Guy. <laughs> we got all these Seth MacFarlane shows now and everything. And it's like, I wish that somebody would pick up that show today because I think that show would have been awesome today. And it still holds up. Like the amount of times yeah, but Charles Barkley gets his ass whipped by those uh, by um, Jay and Silent Bob is just the best. <laughs> Adult Swim started in 2014. Yeah, and I believe they were a little bit before that, if they I'm were. correct. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Let me double check. Clerks. Like ABC did not know how to handle stuff like that because they don't deal with stuff. Like Fox was much, which a much better network for that stuff. 2000. Yeah. It's sadly we like they. Kevin Smith put that on the shelf way too early. I think they could have really capitalized on it. Now we got Rick and Morty. We got Kevin Smith in general was ahead mm-hmm. of it. He's the yeah. person who made geek popular. Very. Tr- there you go. I I, I co sign with that absolutely. Um, but but, 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 but Dax, of- Dax, 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 yeah. I have to yeah. ask you the pivotal question. 
What's that? What's a Nubian? You know it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this. Let's segue to something else related to Kevin Smith. Have you seen Masters of the Universe Revolution? I listened to your podcast uh, this morning, actually, in the dark. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? <laughs> that, that's not what the program is for. I had no electricity. So I need to clarify. <laughs> I listened to you in the dark. <laughs> just just, just me and my lonesome. To you. I'll never do recording again the same, knowing that this is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> you know. If you hear me, if you hear me get on hesitate, hesitating when I do my, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the. <laughs> oh shit! Anyways, the journal of my life that covers all things. <laughs> Masters, <laughs> fucking amazing, dude! That ending, this like, unbelievable, so good. This show, let me tell you, like I said before, like. You got it. We for those who grew up in the two thousands, please understand how great. And you're listening to the show. Please understand how great you got it right now. I think you spoiled little brat bastards. Got it so good, and you complain about everything. I dare you because you're because we live in a short attention society now. We probably won't. I challenge you to go to the nineties. Watch The Punisher by Dolph Lundgren. Watch Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Watch the original Captain Master America movie. <laughs> oh, the Master- <coughs> Dude, the, the original Lundgren, uh, Masters of the Universe. Captain America movie. That yes. is a movie. The one from the I 90s, would watch not the, not the, the 80s dark. TV show. <laughs> Say it again. That's a movie I would watch in the dark. Let me tell you, the first 15 minutes of that movie was awesome because it, it was really amazing. played to the combo. Yeah. Once it get past that, it's like, what the hell is going What's on here? What's going on? <laughs> yep. Honestly, I can't watch five minutes of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. It's beyond awful. When did uh, what other movies did you say? Uh, Captain. Oh, Masters of the Universe. When did Masters yeah. of the Universe come out? Eighty five, eighty six, eighties. You around that range, yes. And it, came it out was nineteen. Remember, I mentioned it. Eighty. Yeah. Seven. Seven, yeah. And it was a big deal back then because you, Frank you know, it's Legala was Skeletor? Yeah. How about that? I had no idea. That's amazing, isn't it? Look, that's yeah. my introduction to Courtney Cox. That and Ace Ventura. That's the part that blew my mind. If you heard you remember if you heard my episode, I was like, I had no idea Courtney Cox was the girl in the yeah. damn movie. Oh, I, I had no idea. Yeah, I did. It's been a long because I've been, it's been a long time. The only thing I've my first memory of Courtney Cox during that time was the Bruce Springsteen, uh, you know, video that she was in. And that was the when she was doing like the Carlton dance. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first iteration. I had no idea she was the girl from um, Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. But I mean, for what it was worth, that movie was likable. I think the one thing that everybody was hating on it because there was no Arco in there, and everybody wanted to see Arco, but they did not have the technology or um, and budget to be able to produce something like that back then. You know then. what's a great Otherwise, um, yeah. look insight into Master of the Universe? Uh, that Netflix mm-hmm. show, the toys that made us. 
they yes. get into the movie a little bit, and yeah. that entire episode is the funniest. Those, that series is thing. awesome. Oh, that series yeah. is amazing. But that yeah. Masters of the Universe episode, honestly, made me laugh so hard. <laughs> but that it's show, amazing. I, yeah. oh, it's that show to me proves that nostalgia is the driving force behind yeah. yours and mine's generation. Right. Added to that, if you have the right people write and direct these things, you can have a greatly produced show. We've proven that during this era dating back to Blade. You know, people what people don't understand who was born in the 2000s is that back then, the people who were directing and writing these movies, Super Mario Brothers, for instance, were not fans of any of these genres. These people were just getting a paycheck and they were, you know, smug, arrogant little pricks, a la Michael Bay to some extent. And they all they wanted to do was just, you know, they, let's just throw the brand out. Let's just throw the brand name on it. People will come flock for it. But, you know, they'll, they'll like it just because it's on the theaters. It's in the theaters. And then we started realizing, like, we could, they, they should be able to do better. And I think we started seeing that when Blade came out and then X-Men came out. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. This is the greatest scene in any absolutely ever. It's funny Still, because as day. you were talking, I started playing it by accident. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you can't hear it because I turned it off. You know, but every time I hear this, though, I have to look around to see if there's going to be um, look and see if the sprinklers are around. I'm not I playing. Los An- I see any I, red blood coming. I never answered your question yesterday. I I apologize. I am What's American. That? I am from Los Angeles originally. Oh, is that ever correct? Yeah. So what happened? Did you actually get into a party where it sprayed blood and you left and left out of the country and came to Canada? <laughs> Because I don't blame you. No, honestly, let me tell you this story. People might. Oh, he about to get real now. He turned the music off. (laughs) Yeah, people might get upset. Whatever. Here's this is some Boar's facts. I'm spitting out here right now as I watch this Blade video. Um, no, the issue is that so my family wasn't exactly legal per se, but I was legal Mm -hmm. because I was born in the states. So right obviously worried of the fact that if we got caught we would be separated you would get caught up yeah especially during the ice era and all that stuff too i could have been alien gonzalez for all that we know absolutely absolutely (laughs) you remember that right like that whole thing that shit ain't that shit no that shit is no joke that they were obviously concerned they were worried and uh we had two countries that we could have moved to that accepted us canada Mm. and australia Mm. Like that would have been interesting. Single decision that my parents made was like it's so crazy. If we moved to Australia, ugh. the chain reaction of things would not have happened. Right? It's crazy. I always think about stuff like that. I always think about stuff like that too. That's awesome. Yep. Well, I'm glad you guys actually made it out because that was people don't understand. Like people hear it on the news, they read it on the news, but you have no idea what it feels like to be a minority in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, look, I got my own story too. Like we, we talked about this on the, um, on the radio show. When we did the round table. Like with I was issues? in 90, huh? With your legal issues. Yeah. 
um, I don't even want to call it legal issue. I want to call it controversy in a sense of, you know, in 95, I was a young teenager, 16 or 15 or 16 or whatever like that. And I got arrested for no apparent reason. They just blamed me for a robbery. I never committed. I wasn't even near the area. Remember, for those who know their history, during 95 was when the Central Park Five had that incident. That yep. same incident where Trump actually said, hang them, hang five young black kids. And here I am. And here's the thing. I was, you, unbeknownst oh, to me, was I was a in Philly, right? Like you grew up, you're like you're Philly yeah. born bred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five. Look, and do you know what's the worst part? The cops literally cop locked me. Because what happened was that like I was I was going to a friend's house because he wanted me to meet his uh, cousin. I'm walking ten square feet away from his start, and all of a sudden the cop pulled up on me wow. and asked me where was I going and all that stuff and everything. And then all of a sudden we, you know, he said we got a you know uh, response that something something happened like that, so we want to take you in and get checked out. And basically, they were just filling the quota and. A lot of people in the in the culture knows what that means. When you fill a quota, that means that like they're trying, they're going to arrest people just for the sake of wrestling, so they Here can know that Toronto, they get that job. They done. had a policy called carding, mm -hmm. where they would legally, they were allowed to stop you and ask for your ID and get your information and run you. Oh, through we call it stop and frisk. Yeah, it was, but it was legally allowed here in Toronto for years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. It's and when, when did it stop? It's um, okay. I forget when, but yeah, it, it, that was basically it was, in the United States. It was a known yeah. policy, and here in Canada, yeah. that shit is unreal. And then you, you yeah. know, for you, that's like fucking the Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, literally. But like, and they, and they stopped. They supposedly stopped stopping frisk in the city. But our new mayor may. I don't know. I'm hoping she doesn't, because that's a whole new problem with that situation. But nonetheless, you know. I trust me as a people living in, in the United States as a minority is not easy at all. No. Um, it's, I will say it has been a lot better as in, in years ago, but it's not to say that that's the end all be all. Cause there are people that will say that, like, there's no racism in America or not. No, there is still racism in America, but there's be it's become better as the time goes by. We still haven't finished or ended the saga yet. In that case, you didn't but, man, finish your, your story. Your family. <laughs> Say it again. You didn't finish your story. Oh, the fact that like, yeah, they literally picked me up and, you know, took me away. I ended up in a uh, jail cell for two for the entire weekend. My mom, unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to my mom, where I was the entire time until I was able to call. Then I got a um, house arrest for that time. And then luckily um, we ended up with a lawyer. That protected that that um, believed in my case enough to take it. I don't know if it's pro bono or not, but it doesn't matter. He took the case. Um, that lawyer ended up becoming city councilman of uh, Philadelphia. Really? Not only that, the uh, the irony, Boris, is that he actually ran for mayor just last just last year, lost to the woman that we have now. The irony of this: one, he's Republican. That's the crazy part. Um, and he's not your normal Republican dude. He actually is. Um, he, he like Republicans hate him because his policy is more liberal. Yeah. He's, and he's protected. Yeah. He's protected people like me before. Yeah. Um, two. The mayor that's elected now is an advocate of stop and frisk. 
the one thing that he saved me from. <laughs> and they voted for her. And I got I got a little bit. Of, I, I'm a little iffy about her, but I'm giving her a chance. So yeah, we'll course. see. I hear you. I hear you. Man, that's crazy. <sighs> what else is I got going? stories. Yeah. So masters <laughs> of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, awesome freaking animated series. Um, I mean, like Kevin did it right. Kevin did it justice. You could tell he was a there's a lot of fandom in him. There is, I mean, just not only just from the mythology standpoint, but just from the quality of animation and character design. Freaking awesome. And did that I talk animation, about that? the character designs, the animation, dude, those are this top notch. Like, yeah. The, the way that we always wanted it in the eighties. Yeah. Make me totally <laughs> out of to that. In the 80s. Make me the toys way we, out of that. Yeah, exactly. Or the, which they, we do have now, mind yeah. you remember, cause remember back in the eighties, like you had the animated series and then the toy line will look nothing like the animated series at times. Like you get a transformer, you get a bumblebee transformer. He'll look nothing like the one from the um, animated series. Now they do, but Nothing like that from back then. Man, I love the fact that our generation, we're still buying toys, and now that we have a little bit of money, we're, we're buying making up toys. for left for lost yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. But no USS flag. I'm still looking for that. Trust me. <laughs> there, oh. Trust me. I understand this completely. <laughs> is that is that the um master master uh, piece version? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Master yeah, you talked about that. Dude, that looks awesome. It is. Hey, let me put it up to the camera to you real quick so you can really see it. Oh. Looks exactly like the cartoon version. Dude, that's... It, it, in my and new it transforms. Detail. And, and it, it transforms. Like, oh, my God. And on top of that, it comes with Spike. <laughs> the look on his face right now. If I make it to WrestleMania, I'm going to visit you. You're gonna you ain't missing. reading my crib. You're gonna you ain't reading my crib. You know I, I am fortified. Don't even play. <laughs> I am deep. I'm like I'm like the I'm like the kid in the house. You can't get me. <laughs> yeah. If I make it to WrestleMania, my friend, number one, what restaurants do I need to avoid? <laughs> oh, dude, you just don't come to Philly. <laughs> How about that? Oh, can I tell you? Can I tell you one before I before I power glide? But um, oh. before. <laughs> No, why do you do that to me? Why do you do this to me? Wait, I digress. Before um, one of the places that we're um, my wife's birthday is coming. My wife's birthday is on Super Bowl Sunday. Damn, she's lucky I'm not a football fan. So, but she is. Is she is she a football fan? She is now a Eagles fan. She's she just became an Eagles fan and all stuff. And I actually for her um for Christmas I brought her um a actual um official jersey with her name on it and uh and our number nice is is do and our dog you you know our dog actually has a jersey too yeah um but we're going to this restaurant this black owned restaurant called bacon bacon here in philadelphia it is what it is what i just said they make you know delicacies all centered around bacon nice chocolate covered bacon nice i'll show you i'll show you the website but it's like i told i talked to the owner and i was like okay we're kind of foodies to a sense that like one we got three things going for you one you're doing it's a bacon themed place two there's chocolate involved three 
It's black owned. I think we got a trifecta here, and I think we're going to come and see you. Um, I am bringing my camera with me. I just want you to know that, and there's going to be some things going on. So you know how I roll when I get my camera with me. I do know how you roll when you have your camera. Did you see the donut video? I did. (laughs) I did. Everyone, go follow Dak Xavier Josiah, please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Well, basically, here's the thing, because... I think I went to go to, um, it, oh, when you come to Philly, Reading Terminal is what you need to hit because that's where I got those donuts and that's where I got those cookies from. Yeah. Um, it is like, if you, t- if like we t- look, when we had this cheesesteak talk, and I'm telling people now, Canada, and those who are listening outside of Canada, listen to my words. Philadelphia's best cheesesteak place is not Pat's. Or Geno's or Jim's, none of it. It we have way better spots in here. That is all touristy sections. You do yep. not, Boris. If I ever see you find you in any of those two, you will be disowned. This show yep. is over. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the thing, right? Like, there's like the way that Shout I always Google. see it. If you hear of a particular place from a city, chances are mm-hmm. it's a tourist trap. Yeah. Do you understand? Do you understand like when the reason why I didn't like the first Shazam is because they show Geno Stakes in there and I was pissed. Didn't but am I correct? Didn't New Japan Pro Wrestling have a ladder match consisting of a, a Geno's cheesesteak or Pat's cheesesteak bag at that the was, top? First of all, why in the hell is New Japan that Pro DDT. Wrestling? That was DDT. Oh, thank God. I was, I was, man, I was about to be, because I, I swore somebody said uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling when it did. But either way, like, come on, man, y'all, y'all need to do better. Y'all need to seriously, that, that's like stereotypical of a Philadelphia. Yep. <laughs> you can it's get. funny. So one of my friends, he's trying to get me to go to WrestleMania. He like knows a lot of the talent and stuff. So he's trying to get yeah. me to go. And um, as soon as I told Chris Van Vliet, that is, yeah. he's like, Boris. We're going to make a weekend out of this. No, <laughs> oh, I mean, as long as he takes you to the right places, as long as he knows the right hey, places. Like I said, you're you're not uh, this random Saturday. You're going to get a knock on your door and it's going to be me and Chris Van Vliet. <laughs> oh, we, oh, yo, that would be hilarious. I'm like, y'all can hit a bar of sugar. What the hell y'all doing? <laughs> bar of sugar. <laughs> No, we can uh, roll, and I can show you. I can show you the hot spots. Like I say, the first starters cheesesteak you should probably go is probably in Reading. Where did Will and Smith then, go in uh, French Prince? He, dude, he went on around away spots. He probably went to Iskabibble on South Street at best. <laughs> like I remember, at best, like no. Um, I remember Kevin Hart came uh, when he came into town. He he sold out, man. Like because he went, he he. Went to uh, Jim Stakes, and they sadly, unfortunately, burned down. Um, they, they had a really big fire, and they haven't recovered from it yet. Um, but a lot of people are saying, like, you know, they were they were slinging coke in there anyway. No, I'm not making allegedly <laughs> because we didn't know, we didn't understand how people because their lines were always long, and I yeah. think it was full of touristy people that were coming in. I'm like, I've been in that place before. They just sell regular steak, regular Did steaks. I ever tell you? The lineups. I feel like it was eight one on on Breaking Bad. Talking about (laughs) selling Coke on the side. When Krispy Kreme came to Canada, dude, 
you had to wait three hours in line. You know, I never up until last year in New York when I went to New York. Remember when I I went to New York and I finally went got my first Krispy Kreme donut because of that reason that you just said. I it was like, I, it was a glazed freaking donut, Boris. <laughs> that's what I mean. Why nobody should be that hot over a glazed freaking donut? Like that's too weird for me. <laughs> like when it gets to that point, I'm like, no, I'm backing off. I don't know because like I remember that's the fall. I, of society mm-hmm. to me when we're lining up hours for a glazed motherfucking donut. donut. So by the time I kicked up, I went to New York's um, Krispy Kreme and I'm like, all right, they finally got varieties. I'm in. <laughs> and I got that. Um, and I got that. Uh, that big apple. Didn't donut, you spend which was like a thousand dollars on that? <laughs> Five thousand, give or take. No, it was like 12 bucks. It was 12 bucks. Um, but you got beautiful packaging, too. beautiful packaging. There you yep, go. Exactly. I'll pay twelve bucks for this. You think I'm throwing this away, dude? That... <laughs> the hell out of here! At first, I thought that was a bottle of Patron. <laughs> <laughs> no, I needed to put my Dragon Ball in. I mean, like... <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna raid your entire place. <laughs> you ain't doing. Actually, you know what? If you do come to Philly, you do need to come to me because I may have something oh. for you. There is no way I am not going to see you if I'm in Philly for WrestleMania. By God, <laughs> that would be a disservice to this show. <laughs> to you know what's our I know, friendship? Right? Can you sl- put that away? Put that Dragon Ball away. You gotta wish it. <laughs> <laughs> wish it, want it, do it, dude. <sighs> you know what's I'm the pre- crazy part? <laughs> you know what's the crazy part about this is that um. I was supposed, like I say, I told you, I was supposed to go to WrestleMania. I had a choice. I had an opportunity to go to WrestleMania to get box seats to WrestleMania. Um, one, I this was before the whole Vince situation. And this was like fresh off of 2024. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm still not in. I'm still not in. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, and, and to the extent, I'm still not in because it's like there is a certain amount of money that it costs to get into that seat. And I'm like, I'm not that much of a fan yet. I just got back in. Two, there's a lot more Wally Mania and all that stuff is coming too, and I could have went to that. I was gonna say um, actually, like, are you gonna partake in the extracurriculars? I, I may do something. I may do something. I don't know what it is, even if it's just hanging around with you guys. Um, I may do something, but honestly, I'm not gonna jump on a bandwagon because I didn't invest my time like more hardcore feel, WWE fans have. You know what we should go to if I'm there? What's that? ROH final battle or their um Super card of do they, honor. Wait, wait. Do they still do that? Yep. Are you sure? Because I will. I, I don't remember them doing left, it last year. I will bet my left testicle that it's going to happen during WrestleMania weekend. That would be interesting because, um, because basically, I when Tony brought the place, I don't remember them doing their Super Card of Honors anymore. Yeah, it was, it was still happening. That's when Samoa Joe okay. debuted. I mean, if they do, yeah, hell yeah. Hell That's yeah. When Samoa Joe debuted. Yeah, you are. You know what's funny, too? Um, I know there may, uh, there's definitely probably going to be some things in the 2300 arena. I, I, I'd be shocked if there isn't. 
Oh, there definitely will be. I mean, it's one of the hottest places for wrestling. I've never still. been there personally. Like that is an arena that I need to watch a legit wrestling show. In. You know what's the bad part though? You haven't gone when it was like it was, it's all clean and no, everything I now. Know. When it was, you gotta like, go when it was gritty. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it was gritty and like it was like at the same and- time, the Burke Flickinger Center in Buffalo <laughs> was fucking disgusting and i loved mm. every second of watching ecw there like the it was awesome that I, the dax the fact that you and i mm-hmm. can say that we watched ecw live yeah and so and for me for some of the most pivotal moments too i was there doing a crucifixion <laughs> <laughs> i was there when sabu uh supposedly got fired you know it, it was funny because whenever Paul E at the time Paul would e come dangerously. Out. Yes. Whenever Paul whatever Paul Heyman, as people know, would come out, you knew there was a state of a union address coming and in, in the crowd would go every we would do siren noises because you knew so he I think it was the the uh the nine one one siren deal that he was doing and he would come out to the room like, oh he about was to get he about to Philly? shoot when uh Rick Rude after Rick Rude passed away, where he literally kicked someone out. Was it in Philly or was that in New York? I don't know because I probably wasn't. I wasn't at that one, obviously. Yeah. Um, so what happened? I just know that after Rick Rude yeah. passed away, they did the memorial, mm-hmm. and the Dudley Boys of all people were leading it in the ring, the ten bell salute and the moment of silence, and yeah. someone just started like booing or making noise, and Bubba Ray fucking lost his shit. I'm not surprised. Here's the thing. The one thing you got to understand Similar to Eddie Kingston in uh, CZW after Eddie yeah. Guerrero passed away. Dude, I can tell you stories. The one thing you never want to do, especially back then, is piss one of those wrestlers off. I remember somebody didn't play along. They, you know, because when you're in, when you're ECW. People bring their own weapons into the ring like you'll never see this again. Audience actually brought weapons because they would use whatever the audience had. That was the mm-hmm. that was one of Thank the you, big gimmick things that they did. Yes, especially for that. And then there was one time Taz was wrestling and he wanted to take a chair from one of the guys in front row, and the guy refused to give him the seat. And they were pulling back and forth. And I believe Taz, I, correct me wrong, he may have slugged the dude. And then that wasn't all. After the whole event was over, they targeted the dude. Taz and a few other dudes came out, and it was like, (laughs) you do not mess around. You play along with everything. Like, you, man, no. It was, you you don't be new in the ECW arena because you you would catch it, and they will come out at you. Like, we're in Swanson and Rittner. It's not the biggest place in the world. They know where they know how to target you. I remember because, you know, and New these Jack buildings have like one people. entrance, one exit. So like, yeah. you're fucked. That's how Buffalo is. And if you stupidly hang around afterwards thinking nothing's going to happen, I would have jet it. <laughs> the best part about going to ECW in Buffalo was seeing yeah. the independent wrestlers. You have to understand, we're talking late 90s. So yeah. seeing the independent wrestlers of Toronto yeah. in the yeah. late 90s you can imagine the people who I saw at ECW shows. 
Yeah, that's the beauty part of watching a uh, indie wrestling. I do miss that. I haven't gone to an indie event in age. I think the last indie event where I went was House of Hardcore, um, where I saw Jacob Fatu and all this stuff and all and and Orange Cassidy and a few other people. But um, man, seeing CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Loki and Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe and their earliest in two thousand and two to see where they are now, especially Samoa Joe, to be honest. Like unfreaking, like CM Punk, like unfreaking believable where their careers have gone. Honestly, because these guys were these yep. guys were getting paid probably like forty, fifty. Yep. No insurance. Yep. A match. Yep. Traveling from place to place. Yep. Respect. Honestly, <laughs> that was like I think back to the ROH shows that I watched here in Toronto, and mm-hmm. especially because every May and November they would bring New Japan. So I remember yeah. back. To, fuck, oh, wait, wait, wait. You took Ring of Honor? Yeah, Ring of Honor. Okay. Okay. Cause all right. Yeah. I remember when New Japan came. I was there when All Japan was there. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, the, go. I, I got to find it. But go back on if you guys got Honor Club, go back to when All Japan came in, when Muda came there and went up against the prophecy of Christopher Daniels and Danny Math and all. Oh, and, and AJ Styles versus, um, Oh, I forgot who was. It was man; those matches was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, so good times. Oh, great times, man! Like honestly, like seeing AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura team up. You know, like mm. Oh, mm. such mm. such great times, such great yeah. seeing the kingdom. Uh, you know, Adam Cole, Mike Bennett, yeah. <laughs> like especially back then. Like oh, yeah, such good times. That was like probably the last of the hottest times of Ring of Honor too. Yeah, in my opinion, it was. What basically when? That's um, when the elite and all that stuff was. When Jay, you know, when Jay there Lethal too, right? was TV champ when he was double champ. Dude, can I say? All right, here's the deal. I I stopped watch. I stopped going to Ring of Honor when they were doing HD Net and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, my brother in law and me, we decided that we were going to go. Because he's been gone, but I decided to go back. And that's when I first saw Jay Lethal as the Jay Lethal that we see today, but he was also television champion. Was that when he he was with Truth Martini? Yes. Let me tell you. I'm like, this is Hydro (laughs) from Special K. This is Samoa Joe's protege. And now this dude, like, he comes out to the ring and he just felt like he owned it. And I was like, I was just blown away at the evolution of Jay Lethal. And still is to this day. I Look, I've said it before. I followed Jay Lethal since Jersey All-Pro Wrestling. We started in, the, in their version of Tough Enough. And seeing his parents support him the entire way. And to see his career go the way it is now. It is unbelievable. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, yeah, seeing his uh emergence to what he is today amazing and this is someone who trained trained a lot of people that you wouldn't know aj lee he trained aj lee people need to remember right and he like never decided to go to wwe like that to me people like that he'd be great to be honest he'd be great for that company like he would be he would be dude look at his work in tna yeah he, Speaking honestly, of TNA, are you going to go to TNA in Philly? Yes, I am. Nice. I believe I. Well, I got to think one person. 
Not to me. clarify this, <laughs> thank you, Lance Storm, <laughs> because I needed to do some research because I was skeptical about the ownership of 2300 Arena being owned by a certain former owner of Ring of Honor. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Really? And it's not, well, right? Here's the thing. No. He he confirmed he he was confident in saying when I reached out to him because you know they're going to be there and I'm like okay Lance Storm would not begin oh. to support did you he would see? not Lance Storm this week alone has it, been a gem for wrestling absolutely I I haven't seen him his show when he talks about it but I'm I, I he he's a true superhero to me he does not he he has he he has every ability. To follow the to follow suit with everybody else, he goes against the grain because of his moral and ethics, and I respect him for it. And if he's going to talk about Vince, it's damn sure he's not going to talk about um, you know Feinstein. So I had reason to believe when I mentioned House of Hardcore, I went because one, I went to go um, meet up with the guy who created Retromania Wrestling. Oh yeah. Cause he was, cause he was there, and I interviewed him at a time when we were doing this thing. Um, so I went there solely, mostly because of him, and just like, all right, there's a show there, uh, fine. Private parties there, Orange Cassidy's there, you know, Sunny, uh, Sunny, um, Rose, uh, what is it, Sunny Rose, Sunny Kiss, Sunny Kiss, yeah, was there too. I was like, all right, bet, let's go check this out. I looked at my ticket, and the son of a bitch said RF video. I'm like, what? <laughs> now, for those who don't know, I. Was I was a big ROH fan. Yep. And there was a time that there was a controversy regarding the former owner of that company that was on TV, on Channel 10 News here in Philadelphia, exposed of seeking a minor, and they caught him red-handed. Yep. It almost killed Ring of Honor, and it, it broke my... I met this dude a few times when I used to go to indie shows. So before he did Ring of Honor, before him and Sapolsky even put Ring of Honor together, like I know, I know this guy. Is this person still the owner of Aura Video? Unfortunately. Not only that, he also is, um, he looks out for House of Hardcore and who owns House of Hardcore at the time? Mm, yeah. The same guy who would deflect the, the allegations. Whenever yeah. it's mentioned up. So I was pissed off and I'm like, all right, I'm here. I'm already here for this. I, I'm just, I'm furious. I am so mad. So I, I started looking up, you know, things. And I was like, he does a lot of shows in that arena. And I was more skeptical about going to, to this arena to see it. Yeah. So I wanted to see TNA because I've been, you know, like, like, you know, I started giving TNA a chance as well as WWE again. And the amount of wrestling I wanted that to make you're sure. watching right now is amazing. It is, really is. But I, I did I not say if I, you know, if I find it, if I find interest, I'm coming back. I'm is I'm not going to be like the tribalism type of thing. There's a reason why I'm doing this. I love wrestling, but I want to be in love with wrestling for the right reasons, um, and not just for the sake of just being a wrestling fan. And I, I, I just like I got to do it. I reached out to um, Lance Storm. And I was like, is there any possible way that you know that Rob Feinstein owns this or owns this place? Because he's running a lot of shows in this place. And I know we live in a very, I mean, we, you know, the wrestling industry can be very shady mm -hmm. at times. 
even to overlook certain things. As we've learned this past as week. We, as we are learning right now ma- on a major, major spectrum. And I trust Lance Storm because I know for a fact if that was a, that was a situation, he would not participate. So he assured me that it, it uh, you know, I'm pretty, he said, I'm pretty confident um, that is not the case. Because I'm pretty sure if he'd found out, he would not be there. No, if he you wouldn't. heard what he said about Vince McMahon, <laughs> and his students are still in the WWE, so like he has no fear <laughs> of controversy over his words. This is a guy who understands his place in the business, and yeah, I appreciate that so much. So just for the sake of it, I did go to the RF Video website. Because um, huh? it's been so long since I've even seen some of this stuff. I love how, like, yeah. at the bottom, they have, like, a whole section of every Jim Cornette shoot interview. I didn't realize, yeah. and it makes sense, that he, I guess, owns, in a sense. Everything everything he records, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, A lot of the ECW Except for the RH stuff. Library. What, say it again? He has a lot of the R- East, not ROH, ECW uh shows and stuff yeah on his site he was around back then interesting interesting that he can still sell these considering because again we're living in an era where people just want to overlook things you know they want to they want to display um they want to overlook things in place of their fandom and to me i'm not that much of a fan if that's the case because i'm not I'm not going to just, you know, not acknowledge somebody, you know, being hurt or harmed just so I can enjoy a few hours of wrestling. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this that, show. That, that, that logo alone furies me. Yeah. I remember this. Show. I can't. Um, yeah, this ECW was, uh, dude, that was a classic. 1998. Tommy Dreamer <laughs> and Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. Versus the FBI, Chris Candido versus Jerry Lynn, mm. Grand Hamada, yeah, versus Grand uh, Naniwa, Al versus Roadkill. That must have been a good <laughs> match. Roadkill, I fucking loved the Roadkill. And uh, was it Chickens. Danny Doring? Danny Doring yes. and Roadkill, yeah. Chickens, <laughs> great Sasuke versus Ooh. Just Incredible. Oh, the great look, Grand Hamada and Great Sasuke was the best. Yo, can we talk about historical figures, Great Sasuke, and, and and how he became like a public a, a a figure in Japan? Yeah, learn your history, folks. That was RVD. that dude's awesome. I didn't know. I forgot that this match even took place. RVD, yeah, versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, that was insane. Taz. Oh, we got to talk about Fra Van Dam. Taz. <laughs> well, we will in a second. Taz <laughs> versus two. <laughs> Trust me, I have opinions on that. Taz yeah. versus Too Cold Scorpio, the Dudleys versus New Jack and Cronus and Woo! Spike Dudley and the Sandman versus Sabu in a Stairway to Hell match. Can we just focus on the Dudleys versus the uh, versus the Gangsters for a minute? <laughs> you know how wild of a match that was. Yeah, Born to Be Wired. Oh God, Born to Be Wired. Yep, born ECW, born to be wired. Little Guido versus uh, Pablo Marquez, Mikey Whipwreck. Oh man, I missed that. Guy. Luis Spicoli versus Luis Spicoli. Chris Candido again. versus Chris Chetty. That's a Chris name Chetty, I haven't wow. heard in fucking forever. Shane Douglas 
versus Lance Storm. Taz versus Al Snow. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Spike Dudley, where Spike Dudley gets the W. The Dudleys yep. versus Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. RVD versus Tommy Dreamer. And then Sabu versus Terry Funk in a no rope barbed wire. In the craziest, craziest. Oh. Him getting wrapped around that barbed wire was just insane. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Anyway. Oh, the Sushi Onita. Yeah. Anyways, that, that's enough of that. Enough of giving <laughs> this guy views. <clears throat> I just needed to check. Like, if you grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s, basically the time that the internet became a thing, you use, everyone has seen. RF video and their shoot interviews in some yeah. shape, way, or form. Yeah. Oh, the shoot interviews were ridiculously hot. Missy Hyatt. Uh, yeah, but you know what's funny too? At the time, I remember back then they were using, you know, the wrestlers were charging everybody to do interviews, man. It was so crazy back then. Um, and some of like, don't, don't pay the Iron Sheik and didn't try to get an Iron Sheik interview. Because, <laughs> well, you're going to get it. <laughs> yep. I feel like we should probably talk about Dynamite. I looked at the time where. Oh, we talked about in. RVD. Let's talk about. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, I have opinions on that. We'll get there. Let's and that's start talking AEW New Orleans at the Uno Lakefront Arena. Is this named after Uno, the video, like the, not the video game, the card game? <laughs> As in U N O, like like yeah. numeral Uno, Uno. Is it? Wait, I didn't know. With the stadium, is called um the Uno Stadium or what? Yeah, man, it can be. Nah, I, sure. I, I didn't see the I didn't see the front of the stadium. So if the logo's there, then that's <laughs> interesting. <clears throat> well, we started the night off with John Moxley versus Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, you know what? How do you? I'm. <sighs> Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. 15 minutes this match lasted. This match could have been five minutes and we would have gotten the same result. Like, this match did not need to be 15 motherfucking minutes. It really didn't. Um, It was some good spots in there, but overall was, you know, in the words of Robin and um, Young Justice, it was well. I was just, I was just, well... (laughs) Not over, not under, just well. I love it. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah. Moxley, and no, and no, part, of, no part of Moxley either. And he hits a bulldog choke for the win. That's and it. What, I, I, from what I understand, he had an injured back too. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, kudos to him for that, because he I uh, love, that landing. I love that, that Jeff Hardy did on him. Yeah. I love how this match was promoted as a first time ever, and the internet jumped on that so hard. <laughs> they jumped on yeah, that even, so hard. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. No, they've wrestled in WWE so many times. That's what I thought, because like even I didn't watch WWE as much, but I had a hunch of like Dean Ambrose, unless they're just claiming it as John Moxley. That's that's the thing. Fuck it. I love how Twitch like, Tony Khan has literally turned into everything we wanted him not to be. 
it, it is it is sadly becoming that. And he's doing all the WWE, not all he's, the WWE tropes, but he's doing a lot of WWE tropes. Yeah. And that cage match is was that that to me really was one of them. Man, you know what? I have to say, Collision. I was so distracted watching Collision because of the production trying to hide the fact that they had 10 people in the arena yeah i know the camera yeah it was that was well, you're i mean he's exaggerating but it was a it was a really a less amount of people 20 people <laughs> it was not pandemic level folks <laughs> like i'm pretty sure there were more employees than people yeah it reminds me of some like old school spectrum shows that i used to go to yeah so John Moxley won this match. Like I said, 15 minutes. It wasn't great. It was like like you said, it was just whelm, not over, not under. It was a thing after the match. Moxley offers the handshake, but Hardy did the equivalent of flipping him off before he exited the ring. But like to me, that was a handshake for John Moxley. Thank you. I'm like, he probably respected him even more for doing it. But the problem is, the problem is, Dax. I think that he actually mm-hmm. did mean to flip him off. But the issue is because it's John Moxley, it didn't you didn't get the it effect. It had no effect. Because with Darby Allen, he disres- quote unquote disrespected him. He's been yeah. in this like uh you've watched Rampage. Like Yeah. The Hardys are going heel in a weird way. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see where that goes. And I think this is yeah, you know, this also I believe I feel like this is their swan song. No pun. I think this is their them getting on their way out. Volador Jr., Mystico, and Hisiero, and Mascara Dorada enter the ring. Moxie throws punches, but there's too many of them. That's that. I, I loved that. That was probably the best part of that entire match and segment that I loved was that these guys needed to make themselves, um, you know, present to everybody and make sure that they're forced to be reckoned with. I loved what they did, especially Mystico. Because we haven't seen Mystico. A lot of people haven't seen Mystico since he was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this finger signal since he broke his finger and stopped the match <laughs> on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since yeah, since that incident. And then his whole entire run period. So um, I like what they did here. I like what they did here. Did and they you? made themselves present. And I'm looking forward to see what they do next. Look, I know these guys. I know CMLL. Yeah. But but there's still it, a bunch of people who don't. That's that's my issue with this. And, and and here, but here's the other thing too. They needed to do this because people don't know who they are. And when you when it's usually a uh, a lucha amount of people with mask, they're not always taken seriously like this. And I felt like they were like big faction level when you know doing this. Y- you know, the people in mask in America are usually not the people attacking other people. So I like the flow that this was a little bit different. The name, don't say the Lucha Party. I don't know what the hell they've been doing for quite some time. <laughs> but they, they've always, they've never had a, you know, unless it was LIJ or LI, whatever. Um, they haven't really shown I was Lucha literally people say as. That. I was, I was going to like, just, just, just hammer and de- destroy your point by saying, Los Ingobernables. <laughs> Nope, nope, not doing it this week. <laughs> but like, um, but like, but I'm saying people within mask because not everybody in the group are masks. Yeah. But a full group of people in mask, you know, in lucha mask, taken seriously. I, I, we need that. 
the best line in WWE this week, and this goes to show you that there is a change because everything is canon, is when Andrade on Monday said to Nick Aldis, say hi to Zelina for me. How about that? How about that? I love that. <laughs> I say hi to Zelina any fucking day. Oh, my God. Considering that well, I, I am not into Latinas whatsoever. Hangman, Adam Page versus <laughs> X in a dealer's choice match where X was Toa Leona. This makes sense. People were like, mm -hmm. it should have been someone else. Blah, blah, blah. Prince Nana. You have the Mogul. People forget that Swerve is technically a part of that group. Yes. Well, it's kind of like Justin Timberlake in his sink. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting to say that. Were you? <laughs> it's Swerve in the, mo in the Mogul. Uh. <laughs> but I'm right. You are. Yeah, where he's outgrown them. He's above right. them. He's bringing sexy back. He's bringing. Now I know what music I'm going to use to intro this episode. Like I say, until you listen to the full episode, you have no idea why we chose that song. I do love that. I do love that though. <laughs> Hangman Adam Page versus Toa Leona. But you know what? This I f I forget how good of a fucking wrestler he is. Toa Leona because he's is. always in the tag team too. That yep, always plays. And we don't get to see enough time with him in the ring but like he was awesome yep this match also just about just under 15 minutes uh page executed a top rope moonsault page got leona back inside the ring and went for the buckshot lariat but leona ducked it leona performed a samoan drop but page hooked him up into a pin for the win in 13 minutes uh, I, I enjoyed that match a lot. Um, again, you, we don't get to see him much, and he ran with it. He was—I thought he flowed with uh, Hangman pretty good for the most part, and uh, it was an enjoyable match. Think so? I liked it. All right, then we get the notification that the rankings are coming back. Oh boy! Please tell me you got that up. Oh, bitch! Please. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think I do here? I'm not just I'm oh, not man. just looks. All right, let's take a look here. AEW rankings as of January 31st. What I like about these rankings is the fact that why are people messaging me? Um, the fact that they put all of the champions in one group at the beginning. Have the yeah. Contenders. Like the, yeah. So in this is to me, the, this is the way that I read this, right? You can be in this list of contenders and challenge any champion. Right. Right. I see what they're getting at here. So, men's champions. Samoa Joe is your AEW champion. The daddy himself, Christian Cage, is the TNT <laughs> champion. International champion is Orange Cassidy. And I always forget that Ed Kingston is a champion. Um, and then you have your contenders. Number one, Swerve stick strickland number two hangman adam page number three adam copeland number four john moxley and somehow number five is roderick strong but that makes sense because he is contending 
against Orange Cassidy. So I will yes. give AEW that. But honestly, okay, Roderick, so here's... Strong, Roderick Strong, number five. Really? Yeah. Here's a question I have. So, all right. Swerve and Hangman are number one and number two, and they're fighting to be number one for the world championship. Adam Copeland is fighting for the... Uh, Wish to say that Adam doesn't want to face for Orange Cassidy or Eddie it's, Kingston or even that, Joe yeah. at this point. So here's the thing. I think right? that's the part we need to figure out. That's the thing. Swerve and Hangman after this guy. I'm pointing at Samoa Joe. Adam Copeland mm -hmm. after this guy pointing at Christian Cage. Roderick Strong after this guy pointing at Orange Cassidy. And I guess John Moxley is going to go against Eddie Kingston. Could possibly. Even though, even though supposedly. Brian, um, Brian Danielson was also got heat with him too. Yeah. Okay. Now there's that storyline. I mean, like, he's still me. within. Explain yeah. this to me, though. Let's look at the women's. You have timeless Tony Storm as your AEW Women's Champion, and your TBS mm -hmm. Champion is Julia Hart. Now the contenders: Diana Perazzo, number one. Number two is yeah. Thunder Rosa. Number three is Hikaru Shida. Number four is Sky Blue. All makes sense, right? No, 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 no. It doesn't. No, Where actually, did no. Peraza get number one? How is Thunder Rosa she, number two? How is Maria May in here? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's that right there is problematic to me because Hikaru Shida and Sky Blue should both have more wins than either of them. Am Hikaru I, Shida I, should be at the bottom of the list because she just lost the belt not too long ago. Very true. But who like they? Oh, jeez. And oh god, this is a yeah. I don't understand the Deanna Perazzo and Thunder Rosa thing. Well, Thunder Deanna Rosa I do because had she, what, one match, two matches, yeah, one match. Yeah, no, Thunder Rosa has had wins. Uh, whether no, you Thunder like Rosa it or not, has wins. They, she I'm talking wins. about Deanna Perazzo. I know, but I'm I'm clear. I'm saying this to myself honestly yeah. because I'm just I was questioning it at first and it was like, all right, she did have wins. They weren't good wins, but they were wins. Deanna Perazzo should not be a number one. Is that's, she number one? Because this is okay. This is the thing that gets to me. Tony Khan, if you're listening, and I know you are, you literally said to Samoa Joe, you have to earn your spot. You can't just call yourself a contender, but Deanna Perazzo is number one contender for the women's championship. Over Sky Blue, who had way more wins than her. Dude, Sky Blue has been on a roll. Do they consider yeah. our like uh, how this this women's list. Mariah May just also came to, like you said, like, no, nah, that just doesn't make sense. How is Sheeta and Sky Blue? Three, four. That's what I'm saying. Like, they should be a little bit farther up. Because I've seen be one, uh, two. They should be one, two. Yeah. Yeah. Sky Blue should this be is, number one. Honestly, she should. Because she only lost, like, what, once? Where's Willow Since, Nightingale? Where's. But then again, okay, we also have to take account, too, that they do start over things but even still like we're basing right. on sky blue and hikaru shida they we're, we're, we're overlapping from last year too. okay okay that but okay you just said we're you know they do restart things sting and darby yeah. allen how the fuck are they number one contenders for the tag team championship there you go there you go and has alex and john's i i watched matches on uh being the elite so I guess they're counting that as well. Um, Brian Danielson and Claudio Castanoli should probably be a little bit up. Private Party just got there, got back, so they only had one match. Orange Cassidy and Trimberetta. Oh, all right. 
Yeah. I mean, it's questionable, but not as questionable as the women's uh, division. It's questionable, though. Like, I don't know. Tag team champ. How this division was the hottest thing in pro wrestling, and now it's like, no offense to the champions, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Here are your contenders. Sting and Darby Allen, number one. They get the title shot next week. Number two is John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Number three is Danielson and Castanoli. Number four is Private Party. Number five is Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta. It is what it is. <laughs> Even though it's arguable somehow John Silver and How Alex Reynolds should be number I one. I just saw the... I just looked at the trios list. Look at number two. How is that a thing? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> trios championships. The acclaimed and father ass are the champions. Here are your contenders, Dax. The Bullet Club Gold makes sense for story. Number two, the Hardys and Mark Briscoe. Dude. Dark the house order, of, uh, number, again, dark, because they're starting over. I'm, 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 every time I argue, I'm thinking I'm arguing the overlap of last year leading into this year. And all right, maybe we should just stop this conversation because <laughs> they just started this ranking, and we're just focusing on just the last year, you know, aspect. And I think that's the part that's messing us up. So let's start from let's. We need to start fresh from here. And then lead off from next year and see if it all makes sense. All right, that sound good. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a pass. I'm gonna give him a pass. I'm gonna give him because we're ready to throw chairs right way, now. FTR I don't think and Danny Garcia are number four on that list. Oh, <laughs> uh, what the hell? They did win a cage match, so I mean, what can you do? Uh, they climbed into vic- They climbed out of victory. Uh, we see Matthew Jackson and Nicholas Jackson arriving in a limo. They were handed a format sheet by a staffer. Nicholas scolded the man for calling them Nick and Matt, then fined him $500. Once Nicholas walked away, Matthew apologized for his brother, then told the man to make sure he pays the fine. I love this. Um, I love, I, I'm loving it every week with them. They, they, they are so good at being hills. But he, here's a significant thing. Did you notice they, first of all, they grow hair really quick. You notice that? Yes. Did you notice that they also now have uh, goatees and not yeah. uh, snidely whiplash beards? I mean, yeah. uh, mustaches, uh, which leads me to believe that they were that was they were spoofing Vince with that. You think so? Oh, dude, it's it it just seems like all of a sudden they just grew their hair back the minute the scandal came up. It yeah. just seems like it's it's coinc- like because they're, they're those mustaches was exactly like the one that Vince had when he. Was uh, when he went into TKO. Am I right? Yeah. And did he Warlow. really wear a do rag? <laughs> Warlow. What is this? ECW Vince? <laughs> Warlow beats up on Commander. That was a thing. After the match, Taven Strong uh, got in the ring. Bennett tossed Commander back inside the ring. Strong told Commander that he should have taken the deal he offered him on Saturday and said now he's going to pay the price. Orange Cassidy, Trent Red, Chuck Taylor ran out. Warlow was down at ringside. Strong thanked Cassidy and his crew for coming out and then said, see you later. And it looks like Wartlow injured himself. I'm hoping he's okay. He kind of walked on it, but that that uh, that uh, power bomb looked really bad, and it looked like he couldn't put weight on it. 
Tony Schiavone sits down with Sting and Darby Allen and Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Schiavone said that the teams agreed to no physicality. Allen took issue with Starks acting like he respected Sting. Bill took issue with Sting and Allen claiming they would go to AEW Revolution as tag champs. Allen told Starks that he respects him and what he does in the ring, but he always points the finger of blame at someone else. Allen said the only person that Starks should blame is Starks. Loved this segment uh, immensely. Like, I really love the intensity of this segment. Ricky Starks doesn't get enough um, credit for the amount of, you know, charisma that he puts in these promos. Um, Big Bill also gets, you know, should get a little bit of credit to be able to carry on. I thought it was a good segment. I thought it really uh, it carried the uh, it, the rivalry that they're about to have. It made me give a shit about their match next week. Exactly. And, that's I mean, thought it, and then also Tony Cervani playing off of them too really did help. Kyle Fletcher versus Chris Jericho. I love the message you sent me. Tell our listeners what you sent me. <laughs> Looking at his tights. Looking at his gear. I'm sorry. It looked like he ran his clothes through the washer and put red in there and it bled. <laughs> it just looked like you put that one red sock in there and it just messed up the whole thing. Sky blue's not doing that laundry properly. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> but it is, but no more wrong than those damn, than that gear. So, <laughs> Chris Jericho wins this match again. Like I know we're zooming through this stuff, but in my opinion, the matches were good, but there was nothing stand. There was out. nothing to really click on. And I agree. I will say this. I don't think he should have lost. No, a champion should never his... lose. Just no. to push a story. A champion is a yeah. champion. Another WWE thing. I didn't like Two. I, well, I, I, well, with that said, I did like how it ended. I did like the fact that he was doing a Judas effect from the top. He always seems to connect that right. Um, but at the end of the day, he should have been protected. Uh, Fletcher should have been protected a lot more. If this was the end of the NWA, there would have been interference in that. Thing. <laughs> Even if just to protect him. They should have ended in a schmoz. Uh, Takeshita yeah. does. He walks out and he does a throat slash gesture. Dude, I'm kind of tired of this Don Callis family versus Jericho thing. Yeah, it, is, it needs to be done. And then also, Takeshi Nielsen needs to be in the top five. Yeah. He he absolutely I, needs to be in the top five. Um, he's been his match. He's been winning on his matches, too, and he's won against some big people over time. So I need this year for him to start to rise up. Because you know they're, they're, they're going to waste him. You know what's a trope in AEW that I'm a little tired of? What's that? The young up-and-comer almost getting victory from this veteran, but just not being good enough. It's, it happens too often in AEW. Yeah. I mean, granted, with that said, they eventually do push these guys, but it takes forever for them to get to that point. Um, they don't have to do that for everybody. Like, they, yep. they when they got action Andretti, they should have ran with that immediately. Yeah. Diana Perrazzo is talking about her tattoos and how it represents times in her life. She said that she and Tony Storm got matching ducks. She said they were willy, but it also symbolizes her journey. Perrazzo asked, what 
the matching tattoos mean to Storm. A good segment. I really liked. I like the fact that they were able to, you know, get a bunch of pictures of them from back in the day. I love when he like implement that part of real world stuff in. Bang bang scissor gangs out. They say stuff. Anything that you want to talk about? That's right. Look, it was you ever watched the episode of uh you know the Simpsons where Krusty the Clown just goes to the booth to do a bunch of lines for um you know for a commercial and hey, gets his paycheck and runs out. That's how you do it, kid. And just walk and just runs out and goes into his convertible and just roll. That's what this segment felt like to me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Come in, do lines out. It seemed very <laughs> random. Like we know something's gonna happen eventually, but it just it was just it was it was it was look, it was a fill this was another filler. Speaking of fillers, the other oh I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> Diana Perazzo beats Kaya Valkyrie. <laughs> you know how I meant it. You know how I meant it. But we're gonna go with it anyway. <laughs> Diana Perazzo beats Taya Valkyrie again. Good match. Nothing yeah. stood out. No, did not. Um, yeah, it, no. And what I loved about it because these two are solid performers. Um, we got a, you know, a what do I call it? An expedition, basically, of their talents, and it was good. It's just there was no, there was no heat behind it. There was nothing behind it because, and once again, Storm kind of really kind of overshadowed them with the commentary at the time. One of the lines that I took from this was hilarious. She was like. Which I guess she was, um, she was, you know, focusing on Valkyrie, who's really hard not to focus on. And she was like, you know, normally I say, t- uh, you know, uh, what is her slogan? Uh, heads up, tits out. But she's like, I think she already, I see that she already got the memo. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I Renee didn't do it justice compared to how she did it, but it was awesome. Renee Paquette is with Darby Allen uh, and asked him about his admiration for the Young Bucks. Allen said, excuse me, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, sorry, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson walk into the picture wearing headsets and said it was a great question. Matt said they love Allen and then asked him why he lets a 65-year-old blood-sucking leech take money out of his pocket. Matt said once thing go- Matthew said once thing goes, they could form a hot trio. Matt said, Matthew said, They were through a goth phase in high school. Nicholas asked Alan if he had a problem with them. Alan said the only thing on his mind was the AEW titles. I feel like this episode, the segments, you know, overshadowed the actual matches themselves and the actual storytelling. The storytelling outside of the matches was on point. Or the highlights of this show. All right. Let's get to this. RVD versus Swerve Strickland. Great match. However, however, yeah. did you need to bring in someone outside? Again, again, there were so many people they could have gotten logical people that could have been an actual threat to uh, them. And it just seemed more propaganda ish, if you will. Um, also, it, it, no, this I agree. Match I, didn't I, need to be hardcore. No, it was just it was, you know, it was playing on the idea of the, of the team a theme. I get it. But I agree with you. No. Why didn't why not get a hook? Why not get a, you know, um Dude. murder hawk? Okay. 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 
<laughs> sorry. Hook. Yeah. They've wasted him. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people they wasted, actually. So many p- potential people. Where was Claudio? Where was like there's so many people that could have been a real threat. Like, not to say that RVD wasn't a real threat. It should have been. If you're telling a story, and if I was Hangman Adam Page, I would have picked someone that Swerve Strickland lost to in the Continental Classic, like John Moxley. Or Eddie Kingston. Or Eddie <laughs> motherfucking <laughs> Kingston. You pick Rob Van Dam, which I'm not mad at at all. Um, like you said, I, I enjoyed the match, especially near the end, because it just got better at the end. And it was just it, when I watch Rob Van Dam now, I watch it on the enjoyment that this dude is still able to be able to go. And, 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 and I'm surprised he's he in. can walk. But the, the fact that he was like when he did the Rolling Thunder, he sprint. To do that, I was like, he he had a burst of energy. I was like, whoa, he's like Master Roshi level <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> like this is old dude that's still able to do the things that he's able to do. Like it's crazy. Speaking of Master Roshi and Dragon Ball, have you seen the Chinese production, the stage show of Dragon Ball? I had not thought you was going to talk about the old um, movie. I was going to talk came- about Evolution from two thousand and nine. No, I'm talking about the Japan version, not I that know. crap. I no. <laughs> Don't you ever. That's where it's at. Amy Rosam. <laughs> I love her, by the way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Amy Rosam. <laughs> Move it over. There was something good that Deborah came out Ann of that Wall. movie. Emma Rosam's coming. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really enjoyed the, uh, the, the match. But yeah, I agree. They could have gotten anybody. There's some. They have a murder's row of wrestlers already in there that they could have done. That's the thing, right? Like people love to bitch at WWE for part timers. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, too. All right, here's the. I guess I'll do devil's advocate. I guess getting Rob Van Dam doesn't hurt the, element the rankings for anybody else. No, but it's the element of surprise. Blah blah blah. I but it wasn't it. really a surprise because he really let it out. Like who? Do, it wasn't going to be Jerry Lynn. Who else is it going to be? Man, Jerry Lynn. Like, I forget that he started wrestling in his 30s, 40s. Like, and revolution, and and really kind of revolutionized the way people wrestle, too. uh, His matches with RVD, like, like, incredible. I can still watch that first match. Anarchy Rules 1999 might be my favorite of their matches. I can still watch those matches, and those matches will still hold up. And it kind of was a template of how other people wrestle today. Yep. It, it, honestly, it is. You go back, that's where a lot of people, there's just like two rivalry matches that people will always template from. It's it's Steamboat and Flair for the classic era. And then it's those two for a more extreme, you know, edgier type of way of doing matches. People will always, those were people that, there was, those were two studies that people always used to go back to. And you could go back to that Rob Van Dam one and, and him, no and it was just. In this world, <sighs> can take a gotch style uh, tombstone or power or power driver, power driver. like RVD. Yeah. yeah. It, he bounces head off. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, by the way, Swerve so Strickland beat wins. <laughs> yeah. 
but shout out to Swerve to do his own version of the Van Daminator as well, which was oh, that looked nasty good. <laughs> Man, if Swerve isn't your champion by June, you're oh, we gonna have out. a whole different type of show. You're missing out. You're miss. Oh man, when Swerve is. Oh champion, no, I'm sorry. I'm telling you now, Boris. We're the graphic on this show alone. Even though nobody said it, it's gonna be red, black, and green. It's <laughs> we. It's gonna be X Clan music all through start. <laughs> We're gonna call rebellion off of this, man. Like this dude. I, here's I, can, I, I need to point this out too before we end. Shout out to every white person who ever jams to Swerve's music because there's been black wrestlers that have come out over the years that has come out with music that white people try to jam to. Has Ron Killings tried to do this? Our truth, by <laughs> exactly. The way. Our truth. Do you know? Do you know how rhythmless? Y'all can be sometime in the in the audience. I will give you credit. Like when you try to say what's up, you guys are so out of tune, out of place. I love it that this show is two people of color who can do it. <laughs> it is the most rhythmless thing I've ever seen. It is hilarious. I'm sorry, you guys are inside joke to a lot of people, but I will say this. I will give you credit. When it comes to Nana's dance and and Swerve's music. Y'all, are, it is the most on point I've seen ever, ever. I mean, it's still not like the most dopest thing I've seen on 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 TV, but y'all got it. Y'all on point. Y'all on rhythm with it. And I was like, yo, they act just how much you, just how cool Swerve is. You got you got people, everybody in rhythm. <laughs> You're talking about the people who put raisins and potato salad at the cookout. You know what's funny? You said that. <laughs> Some I, I'm in this other group. It's all Soul TV. Shout out to them. They somebody put out a video of the Brady's. I forgot which song. I think they were singing um, a, a a song that was made by a black person, but yep. it was in the Brady's TV special, and it woke everybody up in ways that we never thought we were being wrote before. And I immediately said, "I'm like, you know what? The Brady's album should be called Potato Salad with Raisins," and people went. Blitz with I love that. <laughs> somebody I even love put it. up a meme that said you win. <laughs> By the way, that's the name of this episode. What's the song? What's the song that I said I was gonna use? I don't remember. It was a uh, Crimey River. That's it. Crimey River. Potato salad with raisins. You really have to listen to this show to understand why we do shit. Dax, I gotta go. But you need to tell everyone where they can see your review of Masters of the Universe. You can find my review of Masters in the Universe Evolution Revolution and more at ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. That is I, I said Lime. ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This is the podcast that caters to all things anime, comics, movies, and games. You can check all that out on TalkTimeLive.com and wherever podcasts are played. Just type in ACMG Pre- uh, Presents Talk Time Live. I love the fact that Kevin Conroy people has said that kill the suicides or kill the justice league is not his last performance as batman because it, the fact that rocksteady said claimed that they were it was their that's, final performance they that's lied. what i mean like oh this is amazing to look like it is it is a train wreck silent hill have you did you get the thing saw it saw it looks awesome not playing it scared the crap out of me i'll, I'll plea bitch Silent Hill, the first one. 
Remember the big blackout in 2003? Yeah. I was playing that game as a blackout happened. What the hell, man? We just going full circle with you back in the dark. What the hell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you love, like, my lighting right now, too? Like, it's... Oh. He's Dax. <laughs> I'm Boris. Till next time. Stay tranquilo. Keep it dark. Ha, <laughs>